This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, June 19th. I'm Gavin McGough. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Town Pursues First Public-Private Partnership. Telluride invests in childcare. Yoga Fest celebrates 15 years. And a mountain weather forecast. A real estate development company that got its start building college dorms will lead the charge on Telluride's next affordable housing project. Earlier this year, the town solicited bids to develop housing on its Canyonlands and Tower House lots directly east of Clark's Market. While the town search turned up a variety of interest, Telluride's community housing manager, James Van Hooser, reports. At the end of the day, there was one development team that submitted a complete full proposal. That was uh, Servitas LLC, based out of Dallas, Texas. Servitas is what is known in the real estate world as a DBFOM. That's design, build, financing, operating, and maintaining. It handles all aspects of a development project. While Servitas largely works with universities to build student dorms, it has been expanding into the realm of workforce housing. In past town projects such as Voodoo in Sunnyside, town staff and elected officials have done it all, securing funding, hiring designers and builders, and managing housing once it's complete. Garrett Sharton, senior vice president at Servitas, explains to town council they'll handle all those tasks. And as you know, Um, real estate development is is difficult and there's a lot of moving parts to it and also doing something that's responsive to the community is challenging too. So uh, that's our goal and that's our goal um, why we're structured this way, DBFOM, so that we can be that one turnkey solution and take that on. This development technique in which a town and a real estate company partner is called a public-private partnership. This will be Telluride's first. In the partnership, the town of Telluride will provide the land and an initial investment and Servitas will take over from there. The exact details of the partnership and how the building is managed after it's built are up in the air, Van Hooser explains. Servitas will be, uh, in conjunction with town staff, exploring all possible financing and ownership structure and um, operation and maintenance structure uh, to figure out what will work best for our community, whether or not that's uh, hiring a third-party nonprofit to manage it, whether it makes the most sense to have that folded into our existing portfolio of rental housing. All of these options are on the table. The partnership means town will oversee the project from a distance rather than hashing out every detail. While this is one benefit of the partnership, Councilmember Adrian Christie says it could come with a learning curve. We're used to being in the driver's seat and relinquishing control might be hard for some of us, myself included, just like Um, It would be helpful to have regular updates or making sure that we know what's going on, which I'm sure you will be doing. When it comes to voting on the partnership with Servitas, council is largely enthusiastic. Councilmember Jesse Ray Arguez does add. My only concern after reading everything is the idea of selling units on the free market. So I think for that part, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, So if that has to be included for us to move forward, then I'm okay with it. But I just want my my voice to be heard that I'm not in support of selling these units on the free market. The free market units she refers to are a small portion of the whole development. Those will be sold to subsidize the deed-restricted portion. They are, other council members point out, somewhat of a necessary evil. And when it comes to the vote, an acceptable one, even for Arguez. 
The partnership passed unanimously, with two town council members abstaining for reasons of proximity. If a workable agreement is drawn up, town hopes to break ground on the project next spring. The town of Telluride is looking to get into the childcare business. What I'm presenting to council here is back in August, Elaine's Place almost had to shut their doors because they did not have the um, ability to recruit or retain staffing. And we cannot afford to lose another child care center here. In fact, we need to come up with a much more sustainable and secure model for our community to grow and have more economic resiliency. I'm going to keep going back to that concept because it really is much broader than just working families. That's Deputy Town Manager Zoe Donnell speaking at Telluride Town Council last week. Um, so I present to staff to consider taking over the operations of Elaine's Place. Um, this will offer our, of course, human resources so that we can have a broader um, and more hopefully successful way of recruiting and retaining staff. Also, the ability to provide people with the town benefits is a huge help that only a larger umbrella organization can really um, accomplish. And so that brings a lot to the table when it comes to one of the biggest issues, which is staffing. Donnell notes childcare in San Miguel County is at a crisis point. The way childcare centers have been operating are through operational deficiencies, whether it is they have to not be open five days a week. They have to have shorter hours. Um, they have to limit their teacher salaries because they want to make it affordable for our families. Um, and everyone, you know, when you look at the operational model of childcare, it's not always a break even. In fact, when you take the average of all of our childcare facilities, they are at a break even. They're not making money and many of them are in a deficit. She says it's not as simple as just raising the price on care. The average family in the Telluride region spends 24% of their household income on childcare. It's expensive. So that's why this model, like, let's just increase the rates. It's just not a reality. Donnell adds those challenges for childcare impacts more than just families. It is not just affecting working families, but without having secure childcare for our working class families, it affects all businesses. It affects the nature of our community. Currently, according to Donnell, childcare in the area is operating at just over 70% of capacity. That's because of these staffing issues, which are trickle down for so many other reasons. And if we really look at the metrics, which is unquantifiable right now, that doesn't even include that, that's an easy way to look at these are the licenses that aren't being um, at their capacity. But there's so many families that have had to find different childcare um, supports because the centers just don't even have room or ability even past the capacity that they had. There's a much larger deficit that we can't even capture. Over the years, the town of Telluride has assisted in funding childcare. It helped to purchase the land and building for Rainbow Preschool. It created Elaine's Place with the construction of Shandoka. The town worked with San Miguel County to build Telluride Preschool. Most recently, the town allotted a unit in Sunnyside for an in-home childcare center. In addition, it provides funding to preschools and gives grant funding to regional child care facilities. Donnell says by bringing Elaine's place under the town of Telluride umbrella, it can help bring the child care facility up to capacity and provide five days a week year-round care. We've talked about how supporting child care meets the town council's goals and objectives of economic um, sustainability, but also for our working class families, not having child care 
is a huge mental health burden for everybody. So support that town council goal of really um, encouraging or supporting our community's mental health and well-being. And also it promotes and providing the support from a DEI perspective or promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion inclusion, um, by helping those families that are, are struggling right now making them have the ability to enter the workforce or without those added stresses of trying to find childcare. Council is supportive of getting more involved in regional childcare, with Councilmember Dan Enright highlighting the importance of sustainable care for current and future families. Thank you for bringing this this to us. Um, I do think it's important. Um, It does affect people. I hear it from my friends numerous times, people recently married, talking about not having the ability to have children because there's not that support in our in our community. Town Council will discuss the financial elements of bringing Elaine's place into the town of Telluride in 2024 budget discussions. Sun salutations must have worked because it's forecasted bright skies for the 15th annual Telluride Yoga Festival. We have over 140 offerings over the four days. So Thursday we have immersions and then Friday through Sunday we've got classes that go from 8 to 6 p.m. Everything from breath work to meditation to sup yoga, aerial yoga, of course yoga and music. It's pretty action-packed. That's Erica Henschel, director and co-owner of the Yoga Festival. After a cold and rainy spring, Yoga Fest is getting people outside. Every year we try to infuse like more outdoor offerings into the schedules. So we've got more hiking. um, We've got plant medicinal wellness hikes to tea treks to hikes to Cornette Creek Falls. Um, We're also doing a hike um, on Thursday that'll take attendees um, to Snuffles Highline, so that should be really fun. Albert Rower, assistant director of the festival, adds there's something for everyone. You know, yoga is not just what Americans think of as asana. There are many, many um, types of yoga out there um, that don't include asana, and so people can get a sampling of all different um, styles of yoga and different philosophies in general. Um, not just yoga philosophies. So um, it just brings people together without a lot of um, dogma to just enjoy each other and um, be with like-minded people. For Henschel, Yoga Fest can be whatever a participant wants it to be. I mean, I think a lot of people will say that they leave feeling more grateful, more connected, um, a little bit more joyous. And that's really, you know, whatever somebody comes here seeking, everybody comes to Yoga Festival for a different reason. Um, So, you know, I think it's a personal experience, but um, most people will say that, you know, they just leave like with a sense of, I guess, Peace peace and gratitude, which is what it's all about. The 15th annual Telluride Yoga Festival will take place June 22nd to 25th. Locals can get 25% off their passes using the code LOCALLOVE. There will also be free yoga for the community in Elks Park throughout the weekend. A full schedule is available at TellurideYogaFestival.com. The San Miguel Regional Housing Authority is gearing up for its biennial deed restriction compliance checks. 
the checks require residents of deed-restricted property to prove that they remain qualified for workforce housing. After receiving a compliance request, residents will have 21 days to return their completed forms to SMRHA, either online, in person, via email, or by mail. The deed restriction check will take place from June 21st to August 25th. SMRHA aims to streamline the process by allowing homeowners to fill out the forms online, which they estimate should take about 30 minutes. The link for the online form will go live on June 21st. A lawsuit over one of November's ballot measures is headed to the Colorado Supreme Court. The lawsuit claims the measure, Proposition HH, violates state law and should be removed from the ballot. It alleges Prop HH is packaged with two voter issues. The measure includes Governor Jared Polis's plan to prevent property taxes from spiking too much next year by reducing property valuations. If it's approved, a separate measure would also go into effect that standardizes refunds under the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. A Denver district judge threw out the lawsuit earlier this month. The state's high court agreed to review filings in the case but will not be hearing oral arguments. On Sunday, demonstrators shut down a ceremony at Chaco Canyon National Park. U.S. Secretary of Interior Deb Holland was scheduled to commemorate an oil and gas drilling moratorium that day. For KSUT and KSJD, Clark Adamitis reports. Demonstrators were opposing a new moratorium which bans oil and gas drilling on federal lands surrounding Chaco Canyon National Park. But the region is a patchwork of public, private, and tribal lands. Navajo Alatis, who own land in the region, say the federal ban makes it all but impossible for them to lease their property for drilling. Delora Jesus is a Navajo Alati who helped organize the protest. We felt like we made a statement. On Sunday morning, about 60 protesters gathered on a highway northeast of the park. They set up a barricade of cones on the road stood in front of those cones and waited for cars to arrive. As an Alati, we stood our grounds. We had to do something. We had to make a statement. It felt, you know, encouraging because all of us felt that way. We were, you know, happy that we all got together and made a stand with each other. The demonstration succeeded in stopping dozens of cars that were headed to the park. After some time, counter-protesters arrived to confront the group. Delora Jesus says the situation grew loud and tense. It just sort of got loud. And then I reminded everybody that, you know, it's supposed to be peaceful. Demonstrators blocked the road until 5 p.m. Sunday evening, and they prevented the planned ceremony from taking place at Chaco. The federal government held the delayed ceremony six hours later in Albuquerque, New Mexico. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. The Colorado River will be getting a new set of rules. Federal officials kicked off the process to rewrite the guidelines for the Southwest's key water source. KUNC's Luke Runyon has more. The river's current set of rules expire within the next four years. They were drafted in response to rapid declines in water levels at key reservoirs. Ongoing dry conditions have forced the region's leaders to cobble together emergency short-term agreements to scale back water use as climate change shrinks the river's flows. 
The state of Colorado's top river negotiator, Becky Mitchell, says that's not sustainable. All water users across the basin need to be secure and certain. The way we do that is not try to preserve the way that we are doing things now, but adapt. The next set of rules could be in place for decades. Federal officials expect to release a draft of those rules by the end of next year. I'm Luke Runyon. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a mostly clear night tonight with a low near 45 degrees and wind gusts reaching 30 miles per hour. Wind is likely to remain on Tuesday when the forecast calls for sunny skies and a high near 70. Tuesday night should bring clear skies and a low near 40. Expect another sunny day on Wednesday with a high near 75 degrees followed by a clear night with a low near 45. This has been the news for Monday, June 19th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. sunset lights up the Wilson Range and music fills the air of the Sunset Plaza in Mountain Village. The Sunset Music Series in its 23rd season is one of the region's great summer traditions. The series kicks off this Wednesday, June 21st with Smokey Brights, a rock band all the way from Seattle. Attendance is free of charge. Dine-in and to-go meals are available for purchase from many Mountain Village restaurants. Alcoholic beverages purchased from Mountain Village restaurants can also be enjoyed in the expanded common consumption area. Shows begin at 6 p.m. on the lawn near Lift 1 in the Sunset Plaza of Mountain Village and it's held rain or shine. Presented by the Telluride Mountain Village Owners Association and supporting sponsors. Check the full lineup at sunsetmusicseries.com and connect with the Sunset Music Series on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you up there. Love you, but damn Love you, but damn I've got to learn to love myself Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Koto. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.